Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you doing, Gus? I'm doing pretty good. Corey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm going on little to no sleep, so um, my brain's not working at full capacity right now. Yeah, Corey, Corey's not at 100%. So um, this, this podcast we, we might be a little bit shorter than usual, um, but generally most of the times when we say that, we go over anyway. It's one of those things. But uh, it's always, always like that. I know, right? But we it doesn't matter what happens with us, we always try to get something out, unless you know we go on holidays or anything like that. So, today there's a lot to cover. I don't think we're going to, like I said before, spend a lot of time on a lot of things, but who knows when the girls start rambling? It's the, mm-hmm. funnest, it's the funnest part. But we're going to talk about uh, Corey's article. Uh, the government needs a lobotomy and humanity needs to grow some balls. We're going to talk about mask mandates, the CDC guidelines, uh, transgender legislation bill, uh, HR1 voting reform bill, police reform bill, gun reform bills, filibuster. Um, and we're going to have a bit of a chat on a lot of negativity, spiritual warfare and judgmental uh, things that are going around on our side of the fence at the moment, which I think we need to talk about. And we will we'll chuck in a little bit at the end on the new podcast that Edge and I did the other day, because it kind of sort of fits into a lot of this stuff, which is uh, fifth generation warfare. So let's, yeah, start, so let's start knocking out the bills, ladies. Well, first, we got to say the date. Oh, yes. What is the date? You're you're. Who's got the date? <laughs> don't, don't ask me because my date's way off. Hang on, let me look at a calendar. That's how out of it I am. It is March 4th, 2021. There you go. <laughs> is it March 4th, 2021 when we drop this? No, it, we, uh, we, we drop it the next day. So it's March 5th, 2021 oh, when this last, is published. That means the last ones we did were wrong too. Oh, <laughs> Get, 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 I didn't have the heart to tell you. Well, I would I would rather say when we're recording though, because everything ends up dropping that night or the next day, and then it's why didn't you True. include that? Yeah. So makes sense. Yep. <laughs> either way, either way. Anyway, lots of bills going on right now. Yeah. Oh yes. You the Democrats are trying not, they're trying to cram through as much as they possibly can, like in the next mm-hmm. week or two, really. And uh, we've seen a lot of action this week in the House. Um, I'm going to first start with these gun bills. Um, There's three bills that I'm aware of currently in different stages um, in the House. Um, H.R. 8 um, was reintroduced. Uh, That is the Enhanced Background Check Act. And this was brought... uh, was uh, was supported by California Rep. Mike Thompson, um, and it would basically criminalize gun sales, um, certain gun sales of like private citizens. So making any transactions um, privately would be banned. Uh, so you couldn't necessarily, you know, uh, sell your gun to a family member, that kind of a thing. So basically only allowing purchases of by licensed um so no orders no nope. transfer to family member either nope. i mean nope nope no transfer whatsoever wow um, yeah so it would be only allowed for licensed importers manufacturers dealers um to be able to transfer firearms nothing privately <clears throat> anymore um, this bill was just introduced. They're trying to vote on it um, sometime next week. So, like I said, they're trying to get a lot done in the next couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's another bill um, called the Enhanced Background Checks Bill that was sponsored by California Rep. James, James uh, Clyburn. That's uh, HR yeah, 1446. And um, this bill here would allow the FBI to put a hold on transferring a firearm 
for up to 30 days rather than the current three day, um, three days allowed by law. This is what they call the Charleston loophole that they keep talking about um, and referring to. So it would allow them to conduct their background checks and hold firearm or yeah, withhold the purchase of a firearm um, for up to now 30 days rather than the previous three days. All right, again, that one should be going to a vote sometime next week, I believe. All right. And then we have HR 127. The Democrats and, love the reform bills, by the way. Yeah, doing everything they can. HR 127 is that beast of a bill that we talked about. Uh, we've talked about it. It was introduced in like January, but it's no. not even ready for a floor vote yet. It's currently um, been referred to a subcommittee, the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security. So, it's not currently up for a vote on the floor yet. You, know, I, you look at something like this and you want to say, there's no way in hell this is going to pass, but <laughs> yeah, we're, not living, yeah. we're not living in normal times right now. Yeah. As it stands, I mean, this is a really radical bill here. This bill yeah. requires gun owners to have a psychological evaluation mm -hmm. uh, before receiving a, a license to own a gun, as well as having insurance on the gun, which... The legislation is kind of murky when I was reading through it. It's, I'm not even sure. Um, it says that you have to purchase uh, insurance for the gun, um, which is $800 per year, but it's not really clear if it's that's per gun or per person. And then mm. it's also kind of unclear on who's insuring it. As it reads, it's like you're paying the attorney general. All right. Yep. That's <laughs> how really I read weird. it too. Yes. It's like a <laughs> shakedown. Convenient. $800 a year. And I don't know if that's per gun or per person. Like I said, this thing hasn't even really hit the, uh, the full uh, floor. So there it's still in a subcommittee right now. So, and it may uh, kind of change and evolve by the time it, it does get to the floor. Um, but it's a pretty like cut 99% of it. They want to have that database. Yes, they want a database. And then also it's prohibiting the possession of certain ammunition, um, particularly 50 caliber and greater, as well as practically um, any device that holds more than 10 rounds. Hmm. So they're trying, it's basically, you know, going after all the uh, quote unquote assault rifles, uh, you know, and that kind but of thing. My question with all of these proposed gun bills what do they say, if anything, in these as far as being retroactive? You know, like what happens if, <clears throat> say, a month ago you did transfers or you bought a gun that's got 15 rounds or you bought some sort of ammunition or a gun that they now want to ban and, and any of this stuff gets through, what do they do then? Right. Like, are they going to do some kind of buyback program, you know, that try, try to push that through? I don't know. I don't know yet. Since you already have them, now you suddenly have to be insured and it just, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so we got a couple of votes in the House next week on, on those first two gun bills. HR 127, that's coming down the pipe later. Are, are these all Democrat-sponsored bills? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. The, the first one's California Rep. Mike Thompson. Second one is California Rep. James Clyburn. And then the third one is Sheila Jackson Lee. The HR 127 is, is Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, we, well, we, we knew they were going to make a huge push for this. Oh, yeah. Um, I just didn't expect it so early. They've been but. gunning for our guns for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and not just that. Go on. Oh, they're pushing all kinds of stuff down the pipe lately. The voting reform, police reform, I mean, uh, you know, amnesty. Um, and so, yeah, they're trying to get a lot of stuff pushed through real fast. But, yeah. you know, they're really trying to erode any constitutional right that you have here. They're really stripping the, this back to the mem bare minimum. Mm -hmm. or your right oh, to yeah. bear arms they're just going to go in order they've done a fine job on on the first amendment now they're working on the second and they're just going to keep going yeah they're definitely going after the voting hard um the house passed hr1 this week and hr1 is oh 
good grief it's bad (laughs) (laughs) they call it the for the people act okay (laughs) the names they give on these things is this the pelosi one that was started last year at some point Mm -hmm. yeah um this and then they they're they proposed it again and passed it um in the house um the problem is the senate and i'm going to talk about that when i talk about the filibuster here in a little bit um but yeah this passed in the house this week um and by a vote of 220 to 210 um biden says of course he'll sign hr one into law if it passes in the He'll senate sign anything they tell him to sign of course <laughs> do you see that clip i don't know it, it was texted to me this morning so i don't know when this was dated exactly but where biden was up there speaking and then he says so now i'll i'll take i'll take some questions if that's what i'm supposed to do and it was just silent for like five seconds and then they cut the feed yeah <laughs> i know that any video i've been watching of him lately he's like oh my god doesn't even know where he is no i'm telling you what but this thing okay so if when it goes to the senate they're gonna need all the democrats two independents plus 10 republicans to avoid a filibuster um so that's the question is if this thing is going to pass hr1 the voting reform okay um Chuck Schumer hasn't committed to a time frame on when the bill is going to uh, be voted on in the Senate um, because, again, they need the 60 votes um, to avoid the filibuster. Um, But they're talking about, and I'm going to talk more about the filibuster in a second, uh, about lowering the threshold um, to break the filibuster. So, um, Mm -hmm. but what's in the bill? All right. So the HR1 bill talks about seizing the authority of the states and requiring them to implement early voting, automatic voter registration, same-day registration, online voter registration, and no-fault absentee ballots. This way, all individuals, not necessarily citizens, but all individuals will be registered from the state and federal databases automatically. You go to the DMV, DMV, welfare offices, Bureau of Prisons, Health and Human Services, all of these state and federal agencies will be now required to automatically register everyone in their database to vote, which is inevitably going to lead to millions of illegal aliens registered to vote and millions of duplicates of registered voters. Oh, yeah. And dead people. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, um, no, no voter ID, I say. Mm-hmm. But Lindsey Graham hasn't seen any evidence of dead people voting. Oh. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, same-day registration. On that, they're going to allow people to vote on the same day as they're registered, which is going to make the whole point of voter registration null and void because poll workers won't have any time to verify the accuracy of the voter registration information that that person's eligible to vote. So um, that is a great way to commit fraud there. Um, On the no-fault absentee ballots, it's basically federalizing the mail-in ballot scheme that helped helped them steal the 2020 election. It's going to force states to accept absentee ballots for any reason, not just, say, for the elderly or the sick or military, but for there's no limitations on absentee ballots and who can use them. And it's going to be without any witness signatures or signatures or notariz- uh, notarization requirements. And they can receive those absentee ballots up to 10 days after the election, as long as they are postmarked by t- the time of the election, which we all know that rule wasn't even followed in 2020. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's going to put major limitations on the public release of voter registration rules and limit the state's ability to cross-reference voter registration rules in other states to check for duplications. So we know what happened in 2020 in Nevada. They found thousands and thousands of votes that were also registered voters who voted in other states, okay? 
So mm. this limitation that they're putting on states and the public being able to have access to voter registration rules is going to limit their ability to cross-reference and check for fraud. So um, this absolutely here, cannot pass. <laughs> I know. Here's another I kicker. Mean, they want to ban the state voter ID laws, forcing the states to allow individuals to vote without an ID. And all they have to do is just sign a statement that says that they are who they say they are. That's it. They're basically furthering to open up every single path that they've already used for their fraud schemes and just making it that much easier. Mm -hmm. And they want the states, they want to force the states to restore voting rights to prisoners the second they're released from prison, regardless if they are on parole or probation or anything, they immediately have voting rights the second they're released from prison. Well, that's convenient too, since they're releasing thousands due to COVID, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, they want to take away the power of the state legislatures to draw up congressional districts. And they're going to give that authority of redistricting to a quote unquote independent commission. Oh, geez. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. There's a lot more to this bill that I can't completely go into in this podcast. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's and what's our status massive. on this right now as far as going to the Senate? Okay, so the House passed it. It goes to the Senate. The Senate knows that they don't have the votes. Okay, this is why I need to talk about the filibuster because all of this radical legislation that the House is passing is going to die in the Senate unless they change the filibuster, which is on the table. And that's why we need to talk about it because there's major pressure to change the filibuster rule. And uh, so, because uh, a lot of this rad radical legislation is just going to die in the Senate otherwise, but they want it so badly, they're desperate for it, especially mm -hmm. this HR1, which is going to ensure their ability to remain in power. Right. Uh, um, they, they're absolutely desperate for it to pass, and they're going to do anything they can to get it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so let me talk about this police reform bill real quick, and then I'll move on to the filibuster. Um, so they passed also a police reform bill known as the George Floyd Policing Act. Mm -hmm. um, speaker, I don't know if that I one is have up. It up. Do we don't have it. Okay, that's no problem. Um, so this bill is, um, it passed in the House this week, 220 to 212. It goes to the Senate. It needs 60 votes. 10 Republicans need to sign on to it. Um, the bill bans chokeholds. It eliminates qualified immunity for police officers. It prohibits no-knock warrants. It prohibits racial and religious profiling. It establishes a task force with the DOJ to maintain a database of complaints and misconduct on law enforcement agencies and officers. And it requires at least 5% of police uh, of police department funding to go to community-based programs like counseling services. Uh, okay. Neutering the police force. Yes. I want to talk about this eliminating the qualified immunity uh, for police officers part. Because mm. that's going to enable suspects who have interacted with police officers to file lawsuits claiming police brutality. Of course. Okay? So pretty much every bad guy can claim police brutality and sue the police officer who arrested them. And they will. What right. do you think this is going to do to our police force? I mean, I think many cops are going to say, I don't get paid enough to do this job. I can't afford the legal fees that, right. to defend myself against every single criminal who sues me. Yep. Right. I'm just I'm just like sitting here thinking because I I wasn't even aware of this um, bill in process right now, mm -hmm. and I was thinking like with surgeons and you know in the medical arena there they they hold liability correct they have insurance policies of course and they've got legal teams and whatnot um, at hospitals but but they still hold 
liability, don't they? I know that's very different. That's just what popped in my head right now. I'm just. Yeah, I don't know about... if maybe um, there would have to be some sort of, if this were passed in the Senate, which I don't know if it will, um, because mm-hmm. they need 10 Republicans, but um, if it does, then maybe there would be some sort of fund set up or I don't know, insurance policy that police officers would then had to take out in the case that they were right. sued by criminals. Right. You know Something that that's would have just to gonna be go, done. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to go crazy. The lawsuits are going to go crazy. Through. Yeah. And then that'll be pulled from taxpayer dollars. And sorry. Yeah. Sorry about this, guys. As soon as we can get to this, the better. Oh, okay. All right. Let me just quickly, <laughs> let me just quickly me talk insane. about. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me just quickly talk about the filibuster. So there's this push in the Senate to to end or change the filibuster rules. Right now, the Senate is split 50-50 with Kamala Harris, the VP, being the deciding vote. The filibuster rules um, that they currently have are that they need 60 votes to pass most of this radical legislation that they're trying to cram through under the Biden administration. And they want to get rid of the filibuster so they can pass all this crap. But the Dem, um, S- Dem Senator Joe Manchin, um, Democrat Senator Kirsten Sinema, they're saying they're not on board with changing the filibuster rules. Okay, so here's the deal. It, there's a lot of pressure to, to, to change it. And they're not going to get any of this passed. Not not the gun reform bills, not the voting reform, um, their their uh, stuff that they want to do about with Dreamers, everything. Um, they need to change the filibuster rules, and it looks like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are standing in the way. And my question is: is how how much resolve do those two have? I, I I'm not right. <laughs> yeah, not look, quite I'm... convinced. I'm, no I'm, doubt they're going to put pressure on these two centers by any any means necessary to get what they right. want. Surprisingly, honestly, cinema has has uh, proved me wrong on a lot of occasions. I thought she was going to be just uh, j- just another one of them, but she yeah, I don't agree with everything she says. But I I, I don't know. There is a little bit of something different about her. Well, I've definitely seen her. I've definitely seen her go against the grain, which is not typical for Democrats. They all seem to be in lockstep most of the time. And I've seen her a couple times do that. And I don't I don't care for her at all. Um, But I I have seen her go against the grain and she is here on this filibuster issue. But the question is more about compromise. And um, we've seen the Supreme Court Okay, if the Supreme Court can be compromised and pressured, um, who who right. is, uh, nobody is 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 um is safe from that. So it's just a matter of how are they going to pressure them? What what are they willing? What steps are they willing to take to get what they want? And you know what kind of extreme te- steps they're willing to take to pressure people. They'll just sick Diane Feinstein on all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can never get that picture out of my head of her in the hallway. I forget. Who was she cornering? <laughs> oh, you know what I'm um, talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I can't remember her name. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name um, right at the moment. But yeah. yeah. I guess. Me too. Alaska. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just call her hmm. Doesn't matter. She's a piece of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so what do we got out? Um, do you want to get that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So here's a bit of good news. I was doing just a quick scan to see what was going on with um, the transgender situation. There's a lot of bills in the works right now. So in Tennessee, the Senate passes a bill barring transgender students from playing high school sports under their gender identity. So the House has not yet scheduled a uh, final vote on the bill, but the Senate voted 27 to 6 on, uh, on Monday. And then we have um, in, let's see, Wisconsin, they're trying to ban also from um, transgender athletes from participating in girls and women's sports in Wisconsin, and that's kindergarten through college. And then we've got, let's see, in Minnesota, now, one of them, I hope I have the one in here I was thinking of. 
So in Minnesota, they're looking at criminal charges for transgender athletes. I thought that was kind of interesting. The bill would ban transgender students who identify as women from trying out for or participating in female only school sports. It would make doing so a petty misdemeanor punishable by a maximum fine of $300. And they're also looking at, you know, prohibiting the use of uh, communal bathrooms and locker rooms and showers and all that good stuff. So that's happening in Minnesota. And then we have another one. Um, Let's see, Alabama. They're getting closer. Um, and this is, yeah, this is the bigger one because they're looking to ban puberty blockers, hormone medications, and surgeries for transgender treatments for people under 19. So um, there was, I think, I think there's some other ones going on in other states as well. So it's it's good to see that some of them are fighting this. I, I'd like to see more fighting the puberty blockers and surgeries at, at least yeah. you know until they're old enough to make these decisions you know and i, I, I think God. yeah i think that's the the real real important thing here is to stop mutilating children uh before they're old enough to make any responsible decisions for themselves but this right. but this is what it's come to though like that they have to start pushing bills like this i i, I mean fine and prison is to me is a little bit far uh to me but that's how radical both sides are going now i mean i know the reason behind it i get it 100 percent, and i'm for it 100 percent. but it's you know we could have solved this 10 years ago by just creating their own leagues you know what i'm like create create their own league i don't know how big of a league would it be it would be with under one percent of the population but but, but this is, you but know, still, it, it, you know, they, they can compete in sports, and do you, right. do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's something simple. But we can't have uh, that sort of biological discrepancies in a woman's and in a man's game. It doesn't. It doesn't. Or locker work. room or showers. Yeah, that's locker my room bigger showers concern. The big, yeah. bigger concern, of course. Right. And obviously the biggest concern for me is the, is the kids. I mean, I, I'm all for people having the free will to do whatever they want as adults, as long as it's within uh, the legal boundaries and it doesn't infringe on other people's rights. Um, it's, it's, it's the public transgender the stuff that gets me, you know, it, it's, it's a 50 year old man putting a wig on and going into a child's locker room in a park. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I hate I hate this article. I'm never using any articles from WFAA again. Just <laughs> let everyone know know this to start off with because the video keeps playing and I can't find a way to start. Uh, I hate that. It's annoying. And I apologize to everyone listening, but we're nearly there. Annoying. Oh, is that why you said the sooner we get to this, the better? I'm like, what is he talking about? Yes, because exactly the video keeps playing That's in the hilarious. background. Mm-hmm. It's exactly okay. what I mean. Um, Where we at? Your new article, Corey. My new article. So I just kind of like did a, you know, good title. It's just me. (laughs) That title, though. (laughs) (laughs) The government needs a lobotomy, and humanity needs to grow some balls. It's true. So I kind of held nothing back here and just let it roll, and kind of broke down, you know, where we're at in these agendas they're pushing, and the fact that government is getting so involved since when does, you know, with the whole gender thing and, and the critical race theory and all this other stuff, the government is like stepping in way, way overstepping on all this stuff. And you got the Equality Act and they're trying to put through, <clears throat> which would forever change everything. And so I just kind of um, let it all roll here and wanted to point out that once again, the number one most powerful uh, submission symbol out there is the mask. And it's frustrating because there are a lot of people that are what we would refer to as woke are aware of a lot of what's going on. And they know that masks don't work and they know that what they're trying to pull. And, and we, we've been saying this for a year if you don't remove them and you don't open your businesses, that's it. They've got us. And I've traveled 
across the country. I've stopped in stores, restaurants, gas stations, you know, you name it across various towns, red states, blue states. And I'm telling you over 90% of people are still wearing them. So when, even in states where there are no mask mandates, um, because they've passed the buck to the businesses and I'll get into that in a second. But the thing is, is the people, even the people who are aware of all this and know what's going on still are wearing their masks, even though they know they do nothing. And they know that it's a, it's look, all these people have to do these people, meaning, you know, deep state, the agenda pushers is at a glance, they don't even have to like do heavy surveillance, data mining, nothing. All they have to do is look around and be like, yep, yep, our people over here in this county and in this state, and they're all still wearing masks. Yeah, we have about 98 percentile here. Boom. Okay, we've got them all. They're still submitting. Move on to phase two, phase three, phase four. That is why it is so symbolic and so important for people to say, no, we're not we're taking a stand. We're not following your rules anymore. Yet all these people that claim to be awake and aware are still wearing them. And it's because they don't want to offend other people. They don't want to deal with possible confrontation. They don't want to be embarrassed. They're, they don't want to hurt someone's feelings or, you know, get stopped in a store and where someone's going to say, ma'am, do you have your mask? And you say, no, I don't have my mask or no, I'm not wearing one or no, I can't wear one if you have a medical issue. They don't wanna have to deal with saying that. But what that means is they're gonna deal with giving up their entire lives in the future. So I just don't get it. I I just, and I guess this is how our culture was conditioned, you know, a very docile, submissive, um, lacking balls kind of culture. People need to uh, get over it and get over that crap real fast. So we've got like in, uh, you know, Texas and Mississippi. And I think I'm just going off the top of my head. Is it Iowa? I don't know. There's a handful of states now who have Florida, of course, Florida. Yeah. I have said there's no mask mandate. And some of them have said we're wide open. All businesses can open at full capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately that doesn't just you know everyone cheers yay we're free no we're not because they got the businesses in their back pocket if you can go into like i went into a little restaurant the other day the waitress and the cook they're not wearing masks so i gave them a huge tip and we were joking around and laughing and it was great you go into any chain restaurants um you know big box stores uh big corp they're all still going to demand it. So it's just, people have to fight against those. People have to go, I know you can't go on the property of Walmart, but go down on the public sidewalk and hold up a damn sign, call, make some noise. Yes, go support your little guys, but make some noise about the bigger guys because the bigger guys are trying to crush the little guys and eventually your support's not going to be enough for the little guys and they're going to, the big ones are just going to take over and obliterate the little ones. So if we don't make some noise about these bigger places and people Civil don't disobedience. take yeah. That's okay. Civil, what? Dis- Civil disobedience. Yes. yes. In a nutshell. <laughs> so see here, Kroger, you know, we're still requiring it across the country that all of our, you know, employees and people that come in to shop wear masks. So yeah, you could say, well, I'm never shopping at Kroger again. Great. So maybe their bottom line gets hurt a little bit. These people are being carried. They're all these, they're institutions, the education systems, big court, big store, they're all in on this. So they're just going to continue pushing it until people stand up against it. And then we've got the CDC coming out um yeah there you go that's the one with the schools so so here here wait stay on that go back um Uh, it's okay okay so it said that the um what did it say that they were keeping it for the school districts in texas they were still keeping the mask mandate but something to the effect of like the school boards or something though can vote 
to remove that mandate. So that's where people need, you know, to get involved on that end. So then we've got the CDC coming out and this, this one, uh, these people are just so transparent. So Mm -hmm. the CDC is kind of coming out. In fact, today, while we're recording, they're announcing their guidelines, but so what they're doing is they're saying, uh, all of you people who've been vaccinated are such good little boys and girls. We're going to reward you by allowing you to have gatherings with your family members, you know, small gatherings with your family members and your friends in your homes, and you don't have to wear masks anymore. Isn't that nice of them to allow that? <laughs> but then you go out in public and the rules still stand. You still have to wear your masks and you still have to social distance, even though you've been double vaccinated. And what this is, is the beginning of segregation. I was waiting to see the signs, but when they're going to start that. So they've already been trying to create rivalry, calling everyone who questions the vaccines anti-vaxxers. So they're already trying to create the whole tattletale system with if you're not wearing a mask or people are having parties and all that. Now what they're doing is those who are vaccinated can band together and you get your own set of rules. But, and those who are not vaccinated will be shunned. And so they're gonna create this segregation mm-hmm. and it's, gonna, it, it's going to build as time goes on. And once again, the face and the mouth of all this that they'll keep bringing on the news is Fauci. And sure. as fast as Texas open, Fauci's on there. Mm-hmm. Well, this is just, this is just terrible. This is awful. You can't open. Da, 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 da. Right. Because it ruins their plan. They want to incentivize people to get the vaccine. And then also eventually I'm speculating, but I'm almost positive that it's going to lead to the, um, the registration, the, the digital ID, um, which they have in Israel. The EU just approved it. They're moving, EU is moving forward on this, um, on a digital ID passport. And mm-hmm. so then again, the segregation of you, you people that have the vaccine, you get your digital ID passport. Now you're free to, to enjoy all of these other luxuries that the people who didn't only, get vaccinated. Only really not because you still have to wear a mask. It's all a psychological game. Yeah. Really yeah. not. You still have to do all the, the, you know, you just get more access and eventually that's going to play over into the whole uh, monetary system that they're going to throw onto the ID too. This this ID is going to be a beast. And I already I was yesterday working on two articles simultaneously because there's a little bit of overlap, but I need to keep them separate because I'm kind of tackling two separate things um, overall. And I've already got a huge bullet point list going. What this ID is going to incorporate is going to be astronomical (laughs) it's going to be the end of us if people do not stand up now and we are out of time this is it this is it if you do not stand up take off your damn mask be like speaker said civil disobedience open your businesses stop with this crap make some noise call places call the stores stand out there with signs rally people around in your community um we have to show them that we will not follow these insane, this enslavement is what it is, that yeah. we refuse to be slaves. Yeah, and I think that um, America's Frontline Doctors, they've done a good job of creating a petition where they were going to take that petition then to, say, airlines and these big box stores and because they understand that it's corporations that are enforcing these types of things. Yeah. It's not necessarily the government. And that's the, the loophole that they're using is that the government doesn't have to restrict your first amendment rights or your other rights. It can just rely on these corporations to do it for them. And so, um, yeah, I think they've done a good job and they have a good kind of model of doing it where people are banding together, signing petitions, bringing that to these corporations and saying, look, we as a whole are going to refuse 
Um, and, you know, if you get a million, two million, whatever, if you can get a lot of people to sign on to things like that, then it does right. have more power with these corporations because they do worship the dollar. Of course, I mean, they're money. They're, they're, they're money makers. They're in it for the money. So if they can see, okay, we're going to lose a lot of business if we don't start easing up on this crap. Um, right. Well, and yeah. the other thing, too, is, you know, Trump kept talking about and wanting to pass um, – a, a bill or or a new law that would allow um, businesses to not to not be liable. So therefore, if someone goes in and eats at your restaurant or you know works out at your gym, they cannot and they go home and they end up getting COVID. You know, according to the test, and they say, uh, "Well, we're going to sue you because you must not have had things cleaned enough." Well, of course, they refuse to pass that. So, big pharma has no liability the vaccines you know no liability if they injure you if they kill you there's they have no liability there it all falls on the government and the taxpayer dollars but individuals businesses you know storefronts small business owners they're pretty much screwed and if they had passed that think of how that would have opened things up because then they wouldn't have been so nervous about it. They would have said, you don't have to wear masks in here. If you don't want to, you can, if you want to, you know, Mm -hmm. so everything they've done is just structured to just keep pushing this agenda and squash out the little guys until there's no small business left. And the big guys are are now completely running the show. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of things to be frustrated about, about these days I know, <laughs> I, know. So I actually i actually been running around my house for like 10 minutes while he goes ranting and I came back and he's still ranting so it was good it's a war zone I have to see the multitasking it's a war zone people just do not understand what's going on in the back of my house at the moment but anyway where are we <laughs> Speaker has a lot going on at home right now. <laughs> uh, I right. suggested you just bring them all on the podcast, but you know. So, so what video did, were you guys working on? We did. We just dropped a video this week um, over on Hivemind about fifth generation warfare. And uh, so we, we talked about that. Speaker, you want to kind of give a, a breakdown? Yeah. So we, we kind of went through the all the generation of warfare that we've been through so far and we've really tried to emphasize because there's not a lot of information on fifth generation warfare uh, another thing that we found out while we're trying to research this but fifth generational warfare is completely nothing like we've ever seen before it's infiltration uh of the highest degree it's turning people against their country uh drones is another big factor but it's the psychological side of things which is the scariest side of things i mean you don't really know who your enemy is and it is completely unconventional uh warfare and it's just something that is very scary and something that we're definitely right in the middle of oh yeah yeah yeah, so we break that down in detail and uh, really present a lot of the things that we've been experiencing and say, look, you know, these are these are the hallmarks of a new generation of warfare. Um, and just pose the question to everybody, you know, do you think we are in the midst, in the fog of fifth generation warfare? So that's a pretty fun podcast to do. I enjoyed that one. And um, I actually learned a lot from it myself. So yeah, we both we both learned a lot because, like we said, there's actually not that many written articles or information about it. It's very scarce at the moment, but I think it's something that uh, people really need to understand because uh, I don't really need to ask the question. I know I can see it um, using platforms that we're seeing now, social media, as tools of war. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's primarily a psychological warfare that we are in the midst of, um, but economic as well. And um, then there's a whole new generation of weaponry um, and technology as well. And people in the comments, um, I love the comments because um, people bring things up that we forgot to mention. 
in the podcast. So um, like directed energy weapons and things like that. So um, very interesting, but yeah, primarily first and foremost, psychological warfare and we're in the midst of it. It's insanity. It's insanity out there. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Um, yeah. And did we have any other tabs up, or were we going? I think that was it. Was there anything you wanted to mention, Speaker? No, but um, Corey did want to talk about the spiritual warfare side of things. Yeah, there's just, it's amazing to me how much judgment is flying around. Um, so much negativity and and judgment being thrown at people this the stuff that <laughs> the stuff that i see um you know i know it's such a controversial hot topic i almost don't even want to go there but so i know that you know christians are being attacked right now um from you know the from the top down and so now but then i see christians attacking other christians or people that maybe have different belief systems and it's just gotten to the point where you you can't go a day looking on social media without these you know this you're a sinner or if you say the word spiritual that means you're not a believer of god or that's just new agey and let me tell you something about new agey i've talked about this in the past well, people need to wrap their heads around with all these damn labels and stop using their labels because that in itself is psychological warfare. They, when people started, okay, getting more into holistic health, right? And Reiki and energy work and healing and our, our body's natural ability to heal, which I think people of all walks of life can agree on that. So this sort of movement was created around that. And next thing you know, they bring what they do then anytime a movement's created is they bring in these gurus and then they make them look like quacks and then they assign a label. So they say, well, these are the new agey people. And so now anyone who uses any buzzwords that they have bullet pointed under new agey now are quacks just like we are all conspiracy theorists even though the conspiracies are all being proven to be true and so i just wish people would stop with with all of this judgment and stop and pause and think about okay if you believe in god and you believe in christ and you love humanity and it's all about compassion isn't it also about non-judgment like, why is everyone attacking everyone right now? Everyone, this is what they want. Everyone right. needs to just, my God, work together so and get through this and lift each other up, not tear each other down. There's enough of that. Like, yeah. I, I, I think we, we do have to establish here that there is other belief systems and that doesn't mean other people are bad. I mean, I, and I think one of the perfect examples of that is Edge and I. And some of the things that have been written, like, to us, like, it has kind of blown me away because we've never shown any animosity towards each other. And we work, I think, anyway, I could be wrong, um, but I think we work really well. I think we work really well together. And I think we understand. Uh, you're all right. Uh, this, this <laughs> and there's there's respect and there's oh, honesty yeah. and there's trust. Okay. And, there's- and, and, and we're... We have different uh, religious belief systems. Uh, yes, we and, do. And it works well, but like some of the messages that I've copped, like uh, saying Ed shouldn't work with me because I am not a Christian and stuff like that. Some of them are really hateful, and it's like, wow. man, I don't deserve that. Well, <laughs> here's here's how I look at it. Here's how I look at it. First of all, um, on just a um, not speaking necessarily about my faith just more of my like political beliefs or my beliefs as as far as that goes is that I'm a libertarian and so I I don't believe that we all need to think the same thing and act the same way and say the same thing that's what the left does 
that's what the right. left does. Exactly. Um, I, I believe that we're, we should all be free to express ourselves. We should have the free will to speak, think, and believe what we, what we want. That's what I fight for. And exactly. so it's, it's against my beliefs to target others if they have a different belief system than mine. Um, so, and I will actually fight for their right to believe and say and think what they want because I want that right too. And right. it's a slippery slope if you start telling someone you can't think, say, or believe that because then you're going to target me for what I believe. And I've seen enough of that lately. Exactly. So I'm not on board with that. And I, I think, also, I, I'm sorry, Kate, keep going. On a spiritual level, I've never found it to be uh, fruitful to express my belief system in a sort of aggressive, pushy way. Um, I actually think that turns people off. I think the best way to show people my faith is by uh, just the way I act and really focusing internally on myself instead of externally on like what other people need to be doing with themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think the three of us are a great example of coexistence because mm-hmm. there's, there's things that Corey believes and there's things that you believe that I don't. I don't agree with it. I think you bitch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think you're crazy. Um, but I'm completely accepting of them. I get it. That's cool. Yeah, because we're not here to hurt people or harm people or judge people. We want everyone to be happy and loved and cared for. And if if you can't, I mean, I just I just don't get people. I just don't get it. I've I've seen enough of it. <laughs> the, the last the last thing we need in this modern time is people that are fighting on the side of let's just say truth as the label, uh, freedom, individuality. Um, and uh, for a benevolent reason to be at each other's throats for little things and not for the bigger things. Yeah. Right. I have, look, I have friends, I have lifelong friends. Some are Catholic, some are Christian, some are atheists, some are Mormon. And I would give my life for any one of them and they would do the same for me. They are wonderful people. And, and what I like about it is if I'm looking for certain input or certain, you know, like if you want advice from a friend and you're like, well, that's the person I'm going to call for that because they're going to have more knowledge in that area type of thing. You know, there are things where sometimes I want some, um, for whatever reason, maybe I'm researching something and I want some like religious insight from this area. So I'll call that friend or whatever, you know, it's just it's about heart it's about compassion and love versus evil and someone who has different belief systems look that's between that's them that's personal it's you you everyone just needs to remove the damn judgment now (laughs) done with witnessing it we've been through enough we have all been through enough of being torn down and look now we're all labeled domestic terrorists so if you want to you want to fight with your brothers and sisters over, over we all have uh, that in common <laughs> a word they used goodness no, all good. right so like, we, all had, we had to have that ramble it was good to get it off <laughs> that was good <laughs> good way to finish it off yes definitely a good way to finish it off thanks guys for joining us here today on dig it with the speaker myself the sharp edge and Corey len of Corey's digs Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Foxhole, GabTV, BitChute, and Pill.net. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. 